Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. If you are over on Instagram, you might be familiar with Christina from Thermaland Oaks, or if you're in the homesteading space on Instagram, you've probably seen her and her beautiful farm and donkeys and her adorable daughters. Well, today we're going to talk about how they built that place from scratch, how they took raw land and turned it into a homestead and go into the tools that they needed. So I had a listener question about like, how do you set up a homestead from scratch with all of the stuff you need? So because she has that experience, we're going to chat about that. So on with the interview. My name is Lisa, mother of seven and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. All right. Well, hey, Christina, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a long time coming to get you here on the podcast. I know you and I have done a few Instagram collaborations, but first time on the podcast. So I'm really excited to have you. Let's start by you can introduce yourself and then I will go through like the comment or question from a listener that I got that I think you'd be the perfect person to discuss with. So yeah, tell us about you, your farm or whatever else you want to share. Hi, Lisa. So glad to be here. Um, I have a homestead here in Northern California. We have acreage that we bought and developed entirely ourselves. We put fencing in to septic. We built our entire house from the ground up ourselves. We only had three trades actually help us because when we bought the land, we were entirely broke and couldn't hire anyone to build it for us. So we had to learn how. And then came just a bunch of animals. And that's kind of how we started our homestead story. We had no plans to homestead. I grew up in the city. I didn't even have a dog. Um, so this has all just been a huge learning curve for me and just been a really crazy roller coaster. So, so happy to be here. Yeah. And you share all about this over on your Instagram primarily. That's the best place to find you, right? Yeah. I've been sharing a lot more now on TikTok as well, you know, entirely different platforms and kind of fun to share both ways. I dabbled in blogging, but no one I don't think will be ever as successful as you are as homesteading blogging. <laughs> well, yeah, TikTok is kind of the the new thing. I feel like my audience, or at least people my age, aren't really on TikTok. So I've had a hard time coming up with a following over there. But yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I find myself even a recipe or just anything random. I search TikTok for things now. It's it's the craziest change. I don't even use Google. So uh-huh. it's a, it's a huge shift, but it's fun though. Yeah. I haven't even figured any of that out. Like I'm definitely stuck in the old way of Googling and searching on Pinterest. So that's probably just what I'll always do. <laughs> so are you Thermal and Oaks on both platforms? Yeah. So a long time ago, I started a TikTok and it was like Oaks, And then I lost my password. Okay. I could never log in again. So I have a dot on Instagram and no dot on TikTok. It's really the same thing. Okay. Well, they'll find you either way if they search. Okay. So I had a question from a listener that I thought you and I could talk out, especially because you guys built your homestead completely from scratch. And so this is all something that you should be very familiar with. Okay. So here's the question. Hi, Lisa. I thought of a podcast idea that I would love to hear from you. Just an idea you can add to the brainstorming list. What if you did an episode about the basic tools every homestead needs or something like that, where you could lay out the basic tools for a workshop, ready to build, repair everything on the farm or in an old house. You have a tools and essentials for a from scratch kitchen. Maybe you 
and maybe your husband, I got you on here instead, could do one for y'all's toolbox workshop area. My husband and I are looking to buy land soon and it'd be great to have some ideas of tools we may need to buy to help get our home set up and running. So the first question on my list before we dive into everything, which you already said, was did you grow up on a farm? And then how did you prepare to buy a homestead since you did not grow up on a farm? When you buy uh, a homestead here in California, I know it's different. Since we bought raw land, it had to be in cash. So the land was actually in cash because a land with no septic, it's not lendable from a bank. Okay. My husband is, he's a crop dusting pilot. So we did have some money to put down on a house and we were going to remodel a house. And it just so happens that this property was available next door to my in-laws property. We were living with them, looking for somewhere to build. And, um, we kind of just dove in. So we kind of spent all of our money on the land. And when all of a sudden we had this parcel of land, we had to basically work full time. And every single paycheck was, I remember buying gates. I remember getting paid one Friday and buying a toilet. It, it was years and years of just adding on and buying what you needed in the moment. And, you know, people ask a lot about tools, but when you're diving into projects, the cost of materials right now are, is extremely high, especially with like the spike in COVID and the backlash of everything being stuck on ships. That's what we saw. My husband's in construction too. Mm -hmm. Um, you can rent a lot of tools. You can rent equipment tools. We still rent trenchers. You can rent everything at Home Depot. So you don't actually, if you don't have the right. capital to buy tools, you can rent basic tools that you need. If you're not, if you don't think you're going to use them again a lot, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, what comes to mind is like we used, we have like a basic tractor. It's a new Holland and we used it for every single project to help us put fence in and help us, you know, put walls up. You can mix concrete in a tractor bucket. It's when you think about a tool or something that you use for every single project around your property, I just... I don't know why it comes to mind as like a basic tractor, uh -huh. even if you find one used. Yeah, that's where my husband is right now. He thinks we need one. I mean, I just think about every single project we've done it here and the tractor has been involved in every single thing because we didn't have the manpower. We didn't have a crew to help us do anything. So the tractor was our horse, our, our power, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you bought your raw land and you were preparing to go and build the house and all the fencing and the structures... Where were you like storing everything before you were able to afford to actually start like building a barn? Like you were saying, okay, we bought some fence posts and we, we purchased like little things over time. How many years did that take and where did you put it all? So because it's, we're part of this family compound now. So my in-laws are actually in the acreage next to us. They have five acres. Okay. We're living with them luckily while we're building. So because our property didn't have power, we were pulling power from their property. Okay. During the time when we were building our house, there was that huge fire in California where like there was, I don't know, there was like eight or nine major fires going on, but it was the campfire where like half of Northern California and there was the biggest death toll that ever happened in history. So when we were trying to get PG&E to pull power for us, we were, I think it was like backlogged like eight months oh, because wow. they were so bad that PG&E new homes and stuff weren't the priority for PG&E. It was trying to get people back on the grid and clean up what happened during fires. So we were lucky that we were mm -hmm. in a pool as long as we were able to actually from them. So we just yeah pulled power from them. So they have a barn on their property. We were able to store a lot of, you know, a lot of our stuff there. We actually, two years ago, we were able to buy the 10 acres on the other side of us. So my in-laws are on the left, we're in the middle, and then there's 10 acres that we both bought on the other side of us. So now there's like this 
huge chunk of land and we ended up buying the property next door that had a barn on it. So we didn't actually have to build a barn on our direct property, which was nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. There was a lot that went into the whole building of our property. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like an overwhelming process. So like how long did the process take for you to build a house and did you get plans and then your husband actually like built most of it or you had some family that helped? How did that process go? I'm so surprised at the number of people I've talked to who like built their houses from scratch. That just sounds like such a daunting task to me. You know, I first have to say is that people are like, you're so lucky. I want to build a house. And I always tell people, I'm like, no, you want to remodel a house. Yes. Trust me. (laughs) I might make it look pretty and fluffy. And I take some pretty pictures of sunsets and have animals running through like objects, but it's not easy. And I remember going to, because I have a bachelor's in nutrition. I would be at my full-time job thinking it was just a cakewalk. I would be at Mm -hmm. work like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I love being at work because I was like, oh yeah. I remember laying rebar and just my knees and everything hurt and I had bruises all over me and picking up beams. And so my father-in-law is an architect. He lives next door. He drew our house that we can add on. We built a phase one that was only 1200 square feet. And then we added on two bedrooms and an entryway when my daughter was born. And then we'll eventually in the next few years, I'll add on phase three again, which will be like a grand kitchen, master, um, a garage. So we're living, you know, in a space that we need for right now, basically. Um, and then my dad is a general contractor and he lives three hours away. So he was able to help us frame okay. with my brothers. And that's basically all he did to help us. So we did have family help essentially. And that's what a lot of people say on TikTok is that they're like, that's not fair. You had to help. <laughs> we had help. <laughs> Like this much of building a house, you know what I mean? When you really think about it, we had someone lay out the plans and we had someone to ask questions to sometimes, but my dad ran his own business. He couldn't be here building our house hours away. Right. (laughs) Well, it is always funny with the internet, how like people need to make sure that you know that if you accomplish something, there's a reason why like they couldn't do that. Like there's, there always has to be something that like, oh, but you had that because I don't know. It's just a really strange thing with the internet. Like no matter what you do, even if it's just down to like making bread, well, you had this. Okay. I guess you're right. I did. So I don't know why that always has to be said, but yes. Um, But yeah, you just kind of have to laugh about it. You have to have, I mean, being on social media, you have to have a strong sense of who you are because people always try to bring you down. But I always think it's so funny how they always people try to bring up the father-in-law, the architect. I'm like, he drew our house. It doesn't mean that he just like poof and it appeared on a property. That's not. (laughs) Well, yeah. And you could, anybody could go buy plans. It's not that expensive to buy. Like that doesn't give you that big of a leg up. I mean, it maybe like saves you a thousand dollars or something, but ultimately on a 300, I don't know what building supply costs are out there, $1,000 house. It's really not that big of a leg up. California is very expensive. And that's my husband jokes. He's like, we're going to add on this next year. I'm like, no, we're not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The cost of materials, no, we're good. We can last a few more years without not doing a huge project. Don't get me wrong. I would love a garage or there's different things that it'd be nice, but we're going to live in this space for a while. Yeah. So when we built our house, yes, we had people we could turn to for questions. Like, of course, my dad knew electricians and plumbers. My husband had people he can call and ask. Back in the day, you know, when people, you go to Barnes & Noble and there's a whole section of like, you know, bread making for dummies or canning for dummies. There's those books, right. like yellow and black. Uh-huh. 
we had a stack of books. Yes. We had a roof for dummies of like the California oh, codes my. of how to build because California made you even put, um, it, for example, it's crazy that we don't even get hurricanes or tornadoes here, but we had to do like hurricane and tornado clips in our concrete build. Like cal- just oh, the regulations wow. they have on everything is insane. So yeah, just the amount of books that we were in YouTube videos yeah. that and I tried for a while changing videos of us building our house, but it was like, when you're in the middle of these projects, you just can't. My husband's like, I don't know what it's going to be like next time we build. You're going to want to try to film it. And I don't know how you're supposed to do that. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think about that now. Whenever my girls were little, I used to love to sew for them. I sewed all the time. And finding time to sew felt like such a big thing. And now I'm like, oh, I can one up that. How about trying to find time to sew and film the sewing? Like sewing now sounds so easy compared to trying to film it, have a bunch of other kids. I'm like, oh, I thought that was hard. That was nothing. So yeah. I'm like, maybe I'll try to hire someone to help film this, but I can't. There's no way. I know my limits. (laughs) That would be smart. And it probably with the current day and age that we live in would actually pay off to make that investment, honestly, because everybody is very interested. It's just hard because for a while I tried YouTube is horizontal, right? So yes, YouTube, right. And then TikTok and Instagram is vertical. And for, it was mm-hmm. hard every time we did a project, I'd be like flipping phone, turning it, flipping it, taking my husband's home. And then like at the end of the day, there'd be like, footage on like all these different phones. And then I would forget to upload things or not put it together. And it was just so much. I'm like, so maybe if we're in a position that we can hire someone and start home building, that would be, you're right. Probably so smart to have uh, some of it, some of it put together so we can look on too. Cause even our first phase, I have like four photos. Trevor and I laughed. We're like, I can't believe how many photos we did not take in this whole experience, but we were exhausted, tired, bruised. And it was brutal trying to get our house built. And that's why I tell people when you (laughs) remodel a house, don't build from the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can't even imagine. It it sounds like so daunting. Just in California, you had to have their certain type of septic system was called sand filtration and they're extremely expensive. So instead of paying someone like $20,000 for someone else to do it, my husband went and took a two day class out of town, got certified so he can do it himself. Oh my! And then submitted pass inspection. He's very smart. He's a pilot, heavy equipment operator. He can do literally everything. And not to mention, he's a really great cook. Like he cooks dinner most nights, and everyone thinks it's me, but I'm exhausted after taking care of two kids a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, the reason I think people be so interested in that process is because that's the dream. Like being able to buy a piece of land and then transform it into a homestead that you completely do from scratch that you can keep your investment low. That is the dream people have. That is something that we're all, I feel like chasing after right now, because a a lot of us have more time than money. (laughs) And so being able to take the time to invest in learning how to do that stuff and then building it from the ground up, I think a lot of people are really interested in that process, but don't really know where to start. Sounds very overwhelming. So, yeah. I want to take a break from this episode to tell you about this month's sponsor, Tubes & Co. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast a while, you've definitely heard of Tubes & Co. I actually have recently sold my mom and my two sisters on Tubes & Co. makeup. We were on a girls' trip and we were sitting in the hotel room talking about our makeup and they were on their phones quickly ordering it because I love it. 
I love it because it not only is natural and uses quality ingredients like grass-fed tallow and oils and things that you recognize and nothing that you don't and that's really bad for your skin and bad for your health. It can go into your skin, which is your body's largest organ, and actually affect your health whenever you're not using natural things. But not only that, it actually works. So I just had to update my foundation for my winter skin. I have to always get like a darker shade in the summer. And I also got the Tubes & Co mascara. I hadn't tried that yet. I have their bronzer, their highlighter. I have like their whole line of makeup now. I keep adding to it. I really love the primer that goes underneath the foundation. And of course the skincare, especially right now in the winter, my skin needs the extra hydration. And so I've been loving their tallow balm and their oil cleanser, the Sea Buckthorn oil cleanser. It also moisturizes and cleanses. I can't say enough good things about the company and their products. So they're made in America by a small company. I'm actually now friends with the owner as well. And just a genuinely awesome company that you can feel great about supporting and also the products are amazing. So head on over to tubesandco.com to check out their organic skincare, whether you're in need of moisturizers, cleansers, or their makeup, you can use the code farmhouse to get a discount over at tubesandco.com. I know that this is off topic, but like you were saying how vertical and horizontal, I almost feel like you just have to choose which platform you want to grow on and then go all in on that because I'm the same way. I don't do well with Instagram because I am so heavily focused on YouTube that I never have the bandwidth to record everything in horizontal and vertical. Now, theoretically, you just pop up two cameras, right? It never works like that because it's just not hitting at the right angle. And so it's like a very good idea in theory, but yeah. I feel like you just have to make a choice. It's hard. Or what I was pushing, I have some videos, but it was just, it was too much. And then usually, you know, I usually have kids in tow or carrying a basket or an animal somewhere. So for a while I was using like a different camera and then I just had to get the phone with like the loop on it. So I'd walk and just like hold my phone in my finger because I didn't have pockets or it, it's a lot to try to rock around property too with kids and film and do projects. Cause we, right now we're kind of paused on home projects we do a lot outside. Like we're doing a whole landscaping project. We're doing gates in our driveway. So people always say like, I can't believe, look at all you've built, but there's a lot, like we have a, you know, a basic shower curtain in our shower. One day we will put up like a nice custom shower door. It's like, you have to, right. I mean, if you look at my appliances, we got this stove that has been featured in nationwide magazines that have come in shot here, you know, country home, country living. There's all these magazines that have come in shot with my $200 on sale range that was like Clarence. And I always get, why do you have yeah. that stove? You could have a really nice stove. I'm like, it, it, to me, it works and it works great. And I haven't wanted to spend money that we can put elsewhere on the property. And that's what people don't understand is like when you're building a homestead, like I'd say like 60 to 70% of my income goes like outside the house. I mean, fences to tractors, mm -hmm. to, to gates, to equipment, to tools, to, you know, fence posts to just putting the garden in. There's so much infrastructure and so much money that house projects sometimes just get put off to the side because you want to make this dream life, right? You know, we just built a pig pasture. Mm -hmm. We just got some pigs and, you know, everyone thinks, oh, that's cute and all, but you have to buy the pigs, get trench plumbing lines to that pasture. You have to get power over there. You have to get 
um, you know, gates and fences and a structure for them to be in when it rains. It's every single little project takes so much time and money that people need to understand that the homestead isn't just like the home. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than that. It's, we actually built our chicken coop at the same time as our house. So if you look at my chicken coop, it has the same exact board and bat as our house. <laughs> yeah. It's, we use the same materials. We actually, it was like, it's like a little replica of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all of that takes energy. Like even just replacing the stove will require you to sit down, look through all of the stove options, weigh out, you know, the the amount of space you have, the different features. So it's not even just the money. Like I think about that all the time with like, oh, I really would prefer a different rug in this room. Well, having a different rug in that room isn't just like, okay, I've spent the money now it's here. I have to actually think about the colors and, and go through with the design of the room. And so I can understand how even just putting in the pig, you know, area, that's, that's a mental thing that bringing in other home projects is something that's competing for that tension. I used to be really heavily into hunting pre-homestead. I love to hunt. I love to fish. And I always had, you know, wild boar in the freezer at a certain point, bacon. And with having a bachelor's in nutrition, I really love to know where my food came from. And I think that's where like it skyrocketed me into homesteading because with knowing and wanting to know where my food came from started me into being like, well, I don't want to buy eggs at the store. I want my own chickens. And it just kind of like everything just kind of went that direction. So yeah, the pig thing, it's been, you know, for like two years we wanted to get pigs, but it just never was the right time. Plus, a lot of people need to realize that you can look at a year, right? And there's half of it. We get hot here in California, so you have to look at your seasons. Anything you want to do, whether it be fencing or tenching or anything with the ground, you want to do it when it's like fall, early spring, like fall into early springs because the ground's softer. You don't want to do any big, huge projects in the summertime. The ground is hard. It's full of rock out here. So you kind of have to look at your year and plan ahead as far as like budget of like, what project do I want to do? Is that going to match up in the season when I have the funds to do this project? Am I going to have time around my full job to do this project at the time where we'll be ready? So it, it really, everything we do around here heavily depends on seasons as well. Everything out here is debt free for us. So that's why, you know, planning ahead, even like two year plan of like, what project do you want to yeah. do next? Like my driveway gate that we're starting to work on, that's been you know, for five years, I've wanted like a nice gate entrance, but you also have to get a big tractor and we have to get like a big trencher out there. And so I want power because I want a camera down there. So it's, there's a lot that goes into every single thing. Right. You have so much and spread out everywhere. Yeah. I think we all know that in our own homes, but somehow it seems really easy when we're telling somebody else to do it. Like, Hey, replace your stove. Like, yeah, that's no problem. But you know that when you do that in your home and put in, you know, a new gate, that's all like something that you have to think about. Yeah. So with all of these projects, are you planning it all out with like a spreadsheet and budgets, or is it just like, as the money comes in, you address the project or how do you plan all of this? I think it heavily depends on my, um, my husband is a crop dusting pilot, which means he's extremely busy in the spring, kind of in the summertime. He mm-hmm. flies a lot. Yeah. Depends on when he's slower, which this time of year he's slower. So then, of course, I have this huge list of projects, and it usually gets into what money do we want to put into first. And that's kind of why I started on Instagram, because you can monetize and make money through social media, right? And that's why I share a lot that I do, because I can acquire money for projects to work on for the, the homestead all the work, all the time. And like you said, energy, it's huge. The amount of time and energy it takes to perform and get 
social media audience loving what you put out there, it takes a lot of time and energy. So I put that back into like our homestead projects. It usually just goes into what time of year works when my husband is slower, what projects we're starting. Yeah. So it kind of just as the, as they come, as the money comes and the time comes, whenever you have an opportunity, you seize the opportunity and work on something, but maybe it's not all out on like a spreadsheet. Yeah. We have them in our head of all the projects we want to do. And sometimes wives have different yeah. projects. Like <laughs> I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. Typically in the winter time, we do indoor projects because it gets rainy um, so we'll probably work on some stuff inside, but right now there's a big break in the rain and my husband just, um, rented this big excavator. So we're going to go down and work on some of the gate stuff down there. Okay, but yeah. yes, he was costing out what it's going to cost the concrete and the rock and the gate and the gate opener and running electricity and power. It's just, yeah. When he costs things out and then he gives me a list, he's like, are you sure you want to do this right now? I'm like, Oh. Everything is just always so much more expensive than you can think. Oh, every single time. If you have something in your head, just double it. So with that being said, how are you budgeting? Like, are you setting aside a certain percent of your income? Or are you like, when my husband and I, we're not really spreadsheet people. We keep the projects in our heads. I sometimes have lists of things, but mostly I'm just like, well, I'll just try to spend as little as possible on everything else so I can put it toward this. So it's a very unofficial system. But do you have any budgeting tips with that? My husband is the one who's a lot better with money, I have to say. I am not one. I typically do not like to shop. It's not like I could look at what I spend money on and say, well, you could probably not go out and drink coffee because to be perfectly honest, I don't like to leave the farm. Right. And it's not like, you know, when I order things on Amazon, it's like, dishwasher detergent or like stuff you need. Yeah. yeah. But, but <laughs> if I, I can find a pretty cute donkey and they're pretty expensive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I might not like boots or, you know, expensive other stuff or purses, but I do like my animals. So sometimes my husband and I have to be like, well, that's like, we did find this really cute red donkey recently. And I'm like, she's really cute. I really like her. And he's like, do you want to spend that right now? And I'm like, Ooh, I guess we should probably put that into the gate. Okay, but with your Instagram, since you brought up kind of the business side of of you contributing with your Instagram, are you able to sometimes justify cute animals because of the content and the amount of, like, does that translate to you to money ultimately? It does. We actually have a donkey breeding operation. So because we moved here, I, you know, Pinterest was really big. I was on Pinterest one day and I was looking at pictures of goats and I was like, it was like this cute little spotted Nigerian dwarf goat. It was like this cute little thing with blue eyes. And I was like, I want those. So I'm scrolling Pinterest. Right. And of course it brings up, you also might like this. And I see this, like the cutest looking animal I've ever seen. And it's like a white and brown spotted donkey. It's like tiny and fuzzy. It must've been just like a newborn and it pulls up and I'm like, what? is that I've never seen anything so cute in my entire life. And yeah. So then the dream started like six years ago when I saw that picture of a mini donkey and I was like, I want a baby donkey and I want these really cute fuzzy things. So then it kind of that, I think that's what kind of like morphed my Instagram. Like all of a sudden I became obsessed with getting donkeys, but then we had to get infrastructure and we needed a barn and we needed to donkeys can be assholes, right? Like that's what they call them. They can be really mean. (laughs) So we decided because, you know, we wanted to start a family that we needed donkeys. We needed to get them from a young age to raise them to be gentle and kind around our family. 
because I started looking at donkeys and they were really, some were really mean. Like you'd go to like try to pet them at people's houses. So then I went to a breeder who, you know, raised a lot of hers and hers are really gentle and sweet and loving. And I'm like, well, how do I get these? And I just started buying baby donkeys. So then probably like 90% of our donkeys I've had since they were babies. So now years later, we're now into breeding because they're all at breeding ages. Okay. So my first thing for me was that we needed animals that were kind or they're not allowed here with our kids and people visiting. So we had to invest up front buying donkeys younger so we can kind of mold them into like the personality we want them to be. Mm-hmm. Giving them a lot of attention, pulling their ears, kind of like when you get a puppy, right? The more attention a puppy gets of like kids or people pulling on its legs and stuff, they're used to it. Donkeys, if you move too fast, sometimes they can kick and they turn and they get skittish. So a lot of ours, my kids run around and they just stand there like happy as can be. (laughs) Yeah. I think what I'm getting from everything you're saying is all of this on your Instagram appears just very effortless and beautiful. And there's a lot behind all of this that you're doing. (laughs) Like, well, it's way more than people think. So much. And sometimes I try to put up stuff like the real life, right? When you're running out on a donkey escapes or an animal escapes from the pasture and you're running out in your robe trying to get it. But the real life that happens out here when the farrier comes and I have like 25 donkeys that I have to halter and get to the farrier to like trim their hooves and stuff. It's a, it's a shit show out here. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, yes, people, I think it's shown the pretty aesthetic, right? The cottage core. I'm running around in a pretty dress and I'm collecting eggs, but no one sees me trying to carry this like 50 pound bag of chicken food to fill their feeder or, yeah. <laughs> but it's filming, right? When you're actually doing farm chores, it's like, hold on, let me go set this camera up so I can film me. Well, that's just it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't. And then with two kids, sometimes it's hard. Like I'll try to film sometimes, but it's like, hold on, stay here. Let me go put this camera over here. Get the, it's, it's hard to get the real life, real time filming when you're the one doing it. It it really is. And there are people who will criticize for not showing everything, but it's like, it's actually really harder than you think to show absolutely everything. Usually in my best moments or my worst moments, I'm yes. not wanting to film. It's true. And you, the same exact thing for you, because you guys get rain and muddy and you're trying to take care and feed animals and you have a dairy cow. Yeah. See, that's okay. That's my wish list. I want to get into, I want I want butter and cream in my coffee. And I joke about that's my wish for Christmas this year. But I'm also like, can we hold off maybe like a year or two when I have to milk it? Like, cause I don't, I'm still nursing my daughter. She's a year old and she still won't take a bottle. So I'm like, maybe when I'm done being like the cow myself, I can get one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I've been the cow the whole time. We've had a cow too. <laughs> totally understandable. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting with the dairy cow how it, much it ends up fitting into the routine. So I'm confident you would like it. But yeah, it is a whole commitment level, especially if you do any kind of traveling. That's that's tricky. But that's the perks of like the family compound, right? Is that that's true? That is main question that we get. Like, how do you have so many animals? And I always tell people, I'm like, I we have a very special situation. We probably would not have goats and sheep and a livestock guardian dog and our labs and all these different animals, right? If we didn't have the help next door, because my mother-in-law equally, we both love donkeys and our husbands, (laughs) we all, all four of us, you know, my mother-in-law's brother, just everyone loves the donkeys. So it's like this dream of all of us to do this like mini donkey breeding operation. It would be really hard if it was just us to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is interesting to know that behind the scenes, there's also some support which I think everybody 
could be encouraged to build some kind of support. But it is it is tough. Like for us, whenever we go out of town, we can ask people to milk the cow, but you also feel bad doing that. So, you know, it's tricky. It's more than just like squeezing out the milk. You know, there's like a lot to do with it. So I think we always will end up, I don't know, leaving on the calf or planning trips around when the cow will be dry. That's kind of the, the goal with dairy farming, but it works out. Did you make a New Year's goal this year of cooking more from scratch? Maybe going around the exterior parts of the grocery store, focusing on whole grains, meats, dairies, uh, vegetables, in order to make your meals more simple and learn those from scratch techniques. Maybe you even want to start buying your grains in bulk. Something that has been a game changer for us and our family is milling our own grains. When you mill grains from scratch, you get the most nutrients out of the grain as they start to break down very quickly after they are ground into flour. Milling at home means that you can buy grains in bulk so that you can buy large quantities and have a food storage and for your health. I love using whole grains in my recipes. Sometimes I don't always do them all whole, but mixing in a little bit of whole grains gives it color, flavor, and of course, nutrition. Our favorite meal in the farmhouse is our mock mill. It works beautifully and it looks so lovely on the countertop. It's beautiful and bamboo and it sits out and I can quickly and easily make flour for our recipes. You can get 5% off the mock mill by visiting bit.ly forward slash farmhouse mock mill that brings you to my website where you can click the link the reason you have to do that is that's how they track you for the discount so there isn't actually a coupon code but whenever you go to checkout that is where you will see the five percent discount they had a lot of coupon scraping sites that were making it to where people were getting the discount that didn't have a link so again go to bit.ly forward slash farmhouse mock mill that is where you can click the link and get 5% off and check out the mock mill that we love so much in our kitchen. Okay, so with the tools, what are your must-haves for a workshop? And then do you feel that you have just about everything you need to address any issues that come up or do you have to hire out a lot of things? It sounds like you definitely feel like you have what you need or you rent it out, but like what are your must-haves and did you get them all up front? I think this person wants to be very prepared or is it kind of more like as you need things, maybe you acquire them? So what I can say is I think what matters is buying quality tools more than anything. With building and doing as depth of projects that we've done, we've gone through a fair share of tools. Of, I won't name any brands, but we only use a few now. So if you don't have the funds to buy like quality tools, I would say rent or borrow tools from someone right now until you can buy tools that will not break after one or two projects. Cause you know, we've had that problem too, is that you go for a cheaper tool or brands would want to partner with me and give me tools. And my husband would be like, I don't want those. <laughs> so those are jobs. yeah, I would not do a project with those. There's no power. You know, it's for us, anything we do around here because we are kind of debt-free living is we have acquired a lot of tools. Like even when we added on the second phase, Trevor went and got like certain types of guns that were better for putting, you know, roofing materials on. There's all these different types of tools that he has now just because we are so in depth in projects. But I would say there's basic tools, you know, miter saw, a drill. Um, it just, if they're talking about homestead projects, you need 
a good T-post or putting in fences. You need quality shovels that aren't going to break. You even need, you need a good farm cart. You need like Mm -hmm. one or two carts. If you're spreading hay and doing projects or getting plants, you need carts that can make it through the mud and like uneven ground. You know, I've even gone through my fair share of buying like cheap carts from Amazon and then them, them not working out. And you have to realize that you just have to buy quality products if you want the projects to go right. Right. Like that's happened to us so many times. So you end up later on buying something yeah. again that's just a yeah. better product. I've heard a lot of home setters say that. That's a mistake they make in the beginning is buying something that's less expensive, thinking they're saving money, but then ultimately they end up having to buy the thing again. Or if you put in fencing around the whole property, that ends up being maybe not as quality and then it's all wavy. And you know those are the, the places where it makes sense to invest. Um, one of our first areas to fence in when we bought our property. Um, I just kept getting poison oak rash all over me head to toe. I'm so allergic to poison oak. So that's why we had to get goats and we got some alpacas originally because goats really like poison oak. It's like a treat to them. So one of our first projects was fencing like right away because I touched like a shovel and I would just break out all over. I was going back and forth to the hospital getting like cortisone shots. It was Mm. terrible. So we put in cheap fencing, right? Because we just bought property. We didn't have any money. Well, like a year later, we had to go redo a ton of the fencing that we did. It wasn't like the no climb good stuff. Yeah. Really unfortunate. We throw money away. It was, it wasn't the stronger T pros. I mean, it was just, it like hurt us taking it out. Like it was just, we threw money away like a year later. Yeah. Cause it's cheap, but it's not that cheap. It's still not throwaway cheap. And so what would you have done differently in, in that situation? Because You didn't have a whole lot of money, but you needed it. So would you just have waited like a little bit longer or how would you have done that? Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It was like anytime I hopped on the tractor, I'd get poison oak just from like Trevor touching and doing fencing. It was that bad. It was like our property was just like a forest. It was oak trees with like poison oak, like wrapped around the trunks of it. Like he was going in and pulling it out because he didn't get it. But then Uh I was getting it just from anything he touched. Like he had to like take off his clothes on the front porch and use like plastic to like open the front door. Like I couldn't touch anything he was touching. It was that bad. Yeah. You could have gotten like hot fire and that would have been cheaper to like move animals around to like eat the poison oak. Cause they only come during certain seasons, but yeah. do not go the cheap route. Cause we've learned time and time again, when it comes to buying tools or just, you know, drills break, just different things breaking and not lasting, not holding a charge anymore. You know, we swear by DeWalt. That's like the brand that our entire workshop has one of the most expensive brands, but it's the tools don't break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I try to say that on Instagram, people ask, or like I'll link tools and say, you know, there's other tools out there that are cheaper or, you know, you can buy this cheap pressure washer, buying cheap things just don't last. You know, you're not going to buy a pair of cheap Walmart boots and that's going to be like your farm boots to do your tours in. It's just not going to happen, you know? Yeah. And then I'm sure you have some kind of like good organization system out in the shop. That's always something too. I'm hesitant to invest in really good tools sometimes because I'm worried that we won't keep them nice or we won't keep them in the right spot or a kid will take them. But if you're, if you're organized about it. We have, we last year, we bought the barn next door and we've completely redone our workshop. It's beautiful. We have, you know, I put my like Thermaland Oaks donkey with a logo on it and there's like tools on pegboard. It's very nice and organized, but again, it took a lot of money to buy the tool cabinets and out here with us is we're always doing projects right in the summertime and everything always involves irrigation. Any plant you put in, Trevor will not let me buy a plant at any nursery unless we have a plan 
and it gets water to it like immediately, which means we have a lot of irrigation piping and fixtures and like tools for that. So it was hard for us trying to figure out a system to keep all of our, there's so many little intricate um, little pieces that go into irrigation, all the different fittings and sizes and pipes and right. So that was a hard one, but I, we actually have, we bought these really nice storage things that now like spin and pull out and you can like turn them into circles and you can like look and see what's in each like little cubby. But that's the other thing is that I see a lot of people out hand watering like orchards and plants. And I'm like, until you can put in an orchard and have a high enough fencing where deer's not going to get into it and B it's on automatic water. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to me. Mm. Plants need to be taking care of themselves, especially if you have family and kids, like you can't hand water when it's hundred degrees outside. That's what I've learned. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Especially in a climate like yours here, it's hot. there's not a ton of watering that has to happen. Usually there's maybe a few times, well, not a few times, definitely more consistent than that, but it's not something that you have to do every single day in the summer to keep the garden alive. But I still think it'd be worth it to put in some kind of irrigation system. And I like that you talked about not skimping on where you're going to put it and organize it because that goes hand in hand with investing in quality tools. It has to. You just the frustration of like when you're trying to look for like tools and do projects, things just don't get done right. So we've learned over the years is like, like I said, I might not have a beautiful stove yet. I have my like cheap on sale Labor Day weekend. We bought it for like $200 from Home Depot and even my refrigerator and my dishwasher. I, that's the question I get all the time. It's like, why haven't you put in new appliances? Because we rather make other parts of homesteading easier, more efficient for us. We care more about is like the animals and having every single animal pasture, even our chickens or an automatic water that's hooked up to the solar, Mm -hmm. um, our orchard, every single plant and every single animal pasture has water and it's all automatic right now. And when the power goes out, cause that happens in California, it's hooked up to solar in a backup generator. So like stuff like that is more important to us right now when it comes to homesteading than having a nice shower door or a nice stove right now. Yeah. And you've chosen in your home, lots of high impact moments like the stone and the shelving in your kitchen. And then you have that beautiful tub in your daughter's room. I feel like you've taken some things to make your home really look like it's high end and, you know, custom, even if you haven't yet replaced your appliances. So I think that's something to keep in mind too. When it came to new building, I didn't like new builds. I Mm -hmm. always like to travel. And right when we bought our property, we were in Mexico. We got married in Mexico. I love to travel. And I love the look and feel of old world, European, French country. Um, And when we put our kitchen in, it was like we had no money left. We were like completely broke when it got to like even buying a faucet. And I remember buying, like I said, buying a toilet just to get finishes. And people don't realize when you build a house finishes on a house, it adds up to so much more, even like handles on doors. It's so much money and it adds up. You think, Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm almost in. And then it's like just so much just to get these final touches. Do you want to open that door? That's crazy. (laughs) So I just remember telling Trevor, I'm like, I am going to take a few more shifts and I want to put some like rock on a rock wall. I think it's, you can see it behind And that was like the one thing that I really got when we built Mm -hmm. was what I wanted was the rock, which, you know, when we add on again, I'd love to put more rock in different places because I just love the feel of our concrete stained floors with the rock. It felt like a cozy cottage to me more than like a new build. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I like the adding that those are very high impact ideas. I feel like that really make your kitchen seem very special and not builder grade. So I think that's a good choice that you made. Okay. So what are the goals for your homestead in 2023? I think to eventually get a cow. Okay. I think my husband, everyone is very interested in it. And whether it be, we get a cow that isn't in milk yet, Mm -hmm. then it might take to like 24 or something to, you know, get a milking cow. Right. Yeah. So we're looking maybe if we get a dairy cow, a highline cow, because our donkey breeding operation, we have maybe in 2023, we should have from like 10 to 15 baby donkeys. Like this year we have three, we have three, actually we have one due right now. One was due on Thanksgiving. Okay. She's, that can go 12 to 13 months gestation. So she's like 12 and a half months. So she's, oh, okay. we're checking her like three times a day. Like anything, are you bagged up? Anything? Yeah. Wow. We'll have a lot more donkeys this next year because you ha- they have to be three years old in order to breed them. So a lot of our donkeys, because we got them years ago, are now starting to get to breeding age, which is really exciting. So in 23, we have a lot of donkeys that we just put in because you want to breed them certain seasons. I don't want a baby donkey born in the summertime. It's hot. They can get dehydrated and die easily. Yeah. So typically, like we have a bunch of, we have like six donkeys we just put in with a stud. We have breeding animals all over right now, but it is exciting because we have a lot more donkeys than normal being bred for 2023 and 2024 labors and births. So that's really exciting. Yeah. It's been yeah. a really long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like some good, some good goals for the upcoming year. All right. Tell everybody where they can best follow up with you, follow along with your, all of this going on. I'm sure you have so many plans. Like you said, you plan to add on, you have a lot of things you want to add. So always good stuff to follow along with over on Instagram, correct? Yeah. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok. I do have a blog. I'm an amateur blogger compared to Lisa. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on my blog and put your email in. And I do send out newsletters bi-monthly, which is a lot of fun. I share updates and links and projects that are going on. And I do have a Facebook page, kind of, you know, all the social media links, but really Instagram and TikTok is where I share the bulk of everything. Yeah. So whichever platform works for you. Maybe, maybe I'll get a cow next year. I'm hoping we'll see. Yes. We'd love to watch that. Maybe a little jersey <laughs> that or would something. Be helpful, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my goals for the end of this year. So like for the last few months, I've been getting back into sourdough. Like I just made, I have two loaves of sourdough bread sitting on my counter right now. I've been making bread and English muffins and my girls love your pancake recipe. I use it all the time. Oh, good. Awesome. If your followers haven't tried that one, they need to because it's really good. Like the big pancake. Yes. And they're so easy. You don't have to really pr- prepare ahead. And the ingredients, so. it's so healthy. So healthy. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of their favorites. So thank you for sharing all you do. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Christina and I will see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.